Good morning, Four Oaks Church. Pastor Paul here on a Thursday. It is February 16th. So glad that you have joined us. We are working our way through the Gospel of Matthew, and we are up to Matthew 4, looking at verses 12 through 17 this week. So if you're, if you're new to this, what we essentially do is we're preaching through the Gospel of Matthew on Sunday mornings at Four Oaks. And we're using these weekly devotional times leading up to that Sunday sermon to be looking at the passage ahead of time, reading it, unpacking it, interpreting it, cross-referencing it, looking at the commentaries, trying to understand, in essence, to get to the heart of the meaning of that text. And one of the reasons we're, we do this is to help give you tools to use yourself as you interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. Of course, we all need teachers. We all need teaching to receive teaching, to have people explain the Scriptures to us. We also, though, need to be self-feeders, those who can learn and discern the Word of God um, for ourselves. And so this week, again, we are working our way through Matthew 4, 12 through 17. So let me read the passage for us, and we'll dig in for the day. Now, when he, and that means Jesus, now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulon and Nephtali, or Naphtali, whichever way you want to say it. Zebulon and Nephtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulon and the land of Nephtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region in shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So thinking about getting to the heart of the meaning of this text, um, we talked about interpretation in terms of a set of concentric circles. And you start on the outside and you work your way in. And on the, on the outside, of course, we want to be looking at the context. We want to be looking at what comes before and what comes after this text. And as we've seen, this passage comes on the heels of the baptism or the coronation of Jesus, his temptation by Satan, and now the inauguration of his public ministry in Galilee. And it is in this ministry at Galilee that Jesus's message of the kingdom of God is reigning out. And one of the ways that Matthew describes this proclamation of the kingdom of God, this coming of the good news of Jesus Christ, is he quotes from Isaiah 9, 1 through 2. And this is where we sort of camped out yesterday, that this passage would have had significant meaning for um, Jews in particular as they reflected on the fact that they were a conquered people. And this conquering had begun all the way back in 722 AD or 722 BC when the evil empire of Assyria had invaded northern Israel and sent the people into Babel, um, into um, exile. And that this was a dark time and that this was a grim moment as Israel um, was found itself conquered, scattered, and the purposes of God seemingly thwarted. And of course, 
It was maybe another 150 years after that that the southern kingdom was deported and conquered by Babylon. And so what, I, what Isaiah does is he, he's prophesying this time when these regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, uh, which were in the region of Capernaum and Nazareth and Galilee, would once again uh, see God's grace, God's rescuing favor, um, and, this, and this light will, will shine forth and, and deliver the, the people from the darkness that they find themselves in. Well, Matthew picks up this theme and says, this prophecy is now being fulfilled in and through Jesus Christ. And the way that, that this sort of um, this rescue or salvation is, is articulated is by this phrase, okay, look at verse 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, what we want to do today is to camp out on this phrase, kingdom of heaven, because it's crucial, fundamentally crucial, to understanding everything that comes after it in Matthew. So, so, Here's a, here, I'm going to try to do this, a, a very brief discourse on what I think is meant by the kingdom of heaven. And sometimes you'll see it referred to as the kingdom of God, um, sometimes the kingdom of heaven, sometimes just the kingdom, but they're all sort of used inter, interchangeably. When, when we think back to the Garden of Eden before sin had entered the world, we can say with certainty that the kingdom of, of God and the kingdom of earth were one and the same. God ruled in perfect authority. There was no sin. Adam and Eve were um, living obedient lives and being his representatives on earth. Um, they, were, they were ones who were called to fill the earth, to subdue it, to honor God. And in that way, um, the kingdom of heaven had given birth to the kingdom of earth, but they were essentially one, right? They were the, the kingdom of heaven... Um, and the kingdom of earth reflected the same values. They reflected the same goal, which was perfect life lived under the authority and glory of God. But we know that when centered entered the garden, there became this radical breach between the kingdom of God and then the kingdom of man or the kingdom of earth. And what we find in the Old Testament um, is this unleashing of God's plan to restore the kingdom of God to the kingdom of earth, to save man from his misery and sin, to restore shalom, peace, to, to bring redemption to mankind. And this is described in a variety of ways, right? Sometimes it talks about um, um, the fact that God is king, right? And he's gathering a people to as sort of an outpost um, to to be his representatives, to, to be his people who are on mission to bring shalom to the earth. But one of the things that the New Old Testament also does, it talks about the day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord is that time when God returns and once and for all um, destroys sin, eliminates sin, and brings permanent um, eternality and shalom and redemption to earth so that once again, Eden is restored, okay? But it was all going to happen through this Messiah. So when Jesus shows up on the scene, 
and he's proclaiming the fact that the kingdom of God is here. The way I think we're to understand this is to say that God is now ushering in a new era. And this new era is, the, is, is signaled by the fact that the Messiah has come and that he's calling people to himself. He's calling the people to repent. He's calling them to order their lives around God and his purposes and his ways. And that there is going to be a coming day when, and, and, and the New Testament talks about this in terms of the second coming of Christ, where when Jesus returns, there will once again be a unification of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of man, and they'll be one and the same. Um, God will make his dwelling place uh, with men. E eternity, in a lot of ways, is going to be a non-ending um, section of time, if you want to call it this, where we're not ethereal beings up in the air with wings and a harp on a cloud, but we, where we are, in fact, living on earth as redeemed, perfect humanity, no sin, perfectly fulfilling the purposes for which God has instituted our existence, the new heavens and the new earth. We're going to be one kingdom again under God's reign. But here's the, here's the issue. What Jesus is saying is that while the kingdom has now come, it obviously, in a sense, still awaits its future fulfillment. So when Jesus comes, okay, we notice that not all sin is immediately eradicated. We notice that all the problems of the world are not immediately solved. The kingdom of God has come, it's here, but it's also not yet. And, and theologians call this the already and the not yet. And what Jesus is doing when he's coming and he's announcing the fact that the kingdom of God is here, he, what, he's, what he's meaning is that the rule and reign of God, the spiritual rule and reign of God, is breaking forth into human history. And we see it in a variety of ways. We see it as um, demons are cast out from people. We see it as diseases are healed. Relationships are restored. Okay, People are reconciled. These are all signs that the kingdom of God, um, perfect eternality, is breaking into this world, and we see its evidence everywhere. And so the kingdom of God here is not referring in this context to a political, it's not re referring so much to a realm, okay, our political realm. It's, a, it's, it's talking about a spiritual reality. Now, one day when Jesus returns, it most certainly will be a physical reality, a physical realm, a political realm, if you want to say it that way. There will be one king. But between now and that second coming, what we have is this tension we live in of the already and the not yet. That Jesus, in fact, has broken into human history. The kingdom of God has is, is, is at hand. It's here. And... Jesus goes on to live this perfect life and die this death as a substitute for us so that we can now be participants in this kingdom, so that we can now begin to embody these kingdom values in our life, which we are called to do as Christians uh, for the time that God has given us here on earth. And so when we obey God, 
when we treat our neighbor and love our neighbor as they as God calls us to, as we honor God in our marriages, as we raise children, as we work to his glory, these are all, in fact, an inbreaking of the kingdom into the current world. But we also have to understand and remember that the kingdom is not yet. The kingdom is, 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 is there's still sin, there's still heartache, there's still sorrow. We all will still die a physical death. And, and, and in this way, we are awaiting the coming of the kingdom. Now, tomorrow, we're going to talk about, on our last day, what it means to repent, what that word really means um, in light of this coming kingdom. But, but for now, it's super important that we understand this idea of the coming kingdom that God did not simply come to save souls, although he absolutely did that, okay? He came to save souls who will now be participants, citizens in this new kingdom, that we will be citizens of the king. And that as part of our call as believers is to extend his rule, his reign, his shalom, his word, into every crevice and aspect of our lives recognizing that this kingdom will not be fully realized, okay, in this life. It will be fully realized when Jesus returns and sets up his reign and rule. But what Matthew is signaling to us is that this new era is now here, okay? The, the, the new era of redemptive history has dawned. The, the eschatological clock has started ticking. Jesus, the Messiah, is here. And this is why we're going to begin to see all of the effects of the kingdom of God, where diseases are being healed, where people are being cured of their, of their diseases. Um, there, are, there are exorcisms being, being demonstrated, understanding that, that these are all signs that the kingdom is at hand. Also understanding that suffering returns, death returns, and that it awaits its final defeat at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, when there will be the resurrection of the dead. But here in Matthew 4, this is what's being signaled. And what we're going to see follow throughout the rest of this book is sort of the vision for God's kingdom. How, how, how does having this vision of God's kingdom impact the way we live, the way we treat each other, what we tell each other, um, what we communicate? Um, and most of all, it's going to point us to the gospel which makes this coming kingdom good news for us, right? If, if this coming kingdom is, is headed up by a hostile king, that's not good news, right? But he is hostile to those who don't know him and those who don't trust him. But we'll get into that a little bit more tomorrow. But for today, that's our lesson on the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God and what I think Jesus means here. Okay, let's pray. Lord, give us grace to understand these things and to apply them at a deeper level of our lives. Lord, remind us today that the kingdom has come. The king has come. He has, you've brought good news, Jesus. But we also await with eager expectation the, the fulfillment of this kingdom. When you return again, claim us as your own and restore shalom to the earth. Lord, we long for that day as the disciples cried, Maranatha, Lord, come quickly. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.